Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. It's a podcast. A real podcast that exists. Shocking, but true. This week we return to the ever-giving wellspring that is the Sailor's Word Book. Full title, an alphabetical digest of nautical terms, including some more especially military and scientific, but useful to seamen as well as archaisms of early voyagers, etc. By the late Admiral W.H. Smith with a Y, revised for the press by Vice Admiral Sir E. Belcher, published 1867. We are reading this because in our weekly chapter-by-chapter chapter reading and reviewing of Varney the Vampire or in our Patreon, patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, we have encountered the character of the Admiral, one of the best creations in all of literary history and who speaks almost entirely in 19th century nautical slang. Puzzled by phrases such as bumboat women, we drove into the research archives to recover this nautical dictionary. We will not be reading the entire book on air because many entries are technical and boring. <laughs> You're welcome. Also, the unedited book is over 300,000 words long. Oh my god. However, some entries are too good not to share. Such as these under the heading of what letter? Uh, are we on D? My name? We are on D! Yeah! It's you! You finally arrived in the Sailor's Word Book! Hey D, what's a pirate's favorite letter? No, I'm not doing this, no. But D, what's a pirate's favorite letter? It's R. I you think that, but his one true love be the D. <laughs> Nice, a good spin. Our first entry under D is Dadic. Dadic? Dadic. D-A-D-D-I-C-K. Dadic. Oh, it's like a daddy. It is a West Country term for rotten wood, torch wood, etc. Dagger knee. That's when your knee sharp can cut. I used to be an adventurer like you, but then I took a dagger to the knee. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, the joke. Oh, Skyrim. The game's the real joke. hey <laughs> Got him. But it is spelled dagger hyphen knee, as in knife and body part. And what it means is anything placed aslant or obliquely, now generally termed diagonal, of which indeed it is a corruption. Damber. Uh, well, that's when you're really angry at your friend Amber. <laughs> Damn it, Amber! Damber! Damber! <laughs> it is an old word for a lubberly rogue. Presumably one named Amber. Damber rogue. It sounds like a, an Instagram model, doesn't it? Damber Rogue. God, it really does. Dead horse. Well, if you need this one explained to you, I don't know what to tell you. You feel that defining it would be beating a dead horse? <laughs> See what you did there! It is a term applied by seamen to labor which has been paid for in advance. When they commence earning money again, there is in some merchant ships a ceremony performed of dragging round the decks an effigy of their fruitless labor in the shape of a horse, running him up to the yardarm and cutting him adrift to fall into the sea amidst loud cheers. <laughs> okay, funnier than I thought it was going to be. And it doesn't say this in the book, but I'm supposing this is related to the old sea shanty, that poor old horse. Oh. Which is a funeral dirge for a dead horse. Very good. Deal Beach. That's the beach where all the deals come from. Come on down. Got discounts for days on Deal Beach. This coast consists of gravelly shingle and a man who is pockmarked or in gallicant cribbage faced is figuratively said to have been rolled on Deal Beach. Cribbage faced, huh? Was that in the last chapter? It was not, but it really should have been. But we may presume it means one whose face is dented like a cribbage board. Oh, okay, okay. I just really like the idea of, ah, your face is all dented up. Someone must have rolled you on some gravel. <laughs> Someone rolled you all over. To correct declination. That's when you declination the right way. It is a cant phrase for taking a glass of grog at noon when the day's works are being reduced. Delphin. Well, that's like a dolphin. Correct. 
D-E-L-F-Y-N is the old form of spelling dolphin. Yeah. Delivered. This, well, like the pizza, he's going to get it there on time. The state of the harpoon when embedded in the body of a fish so that the barbs hold fast. Oh. I've harpooned your pizza, I have. Don't do that. It's, oh, it's going to get all mushy. How dare you? My pizza now. I'm reeling it in. Oh, no, no. Give it back. Give it back. Got them toggle-headed harpoons. Oh man. My pizza now. My pizza. Devil's smiles. That's when, like, any, like, real piece of shit, like, looks at you the wrong way, right? Gleams of sunshine among dark clouds, either in the heavens or the captain's face. In <laughs> the captain's face. That doesn't sound like very good, like he wouldn't enjoy that much, you know? No, I don't think he would. Devil to pay and no pitch hot. Uh, oh, couldn't even tell you. The seam which margins the waterways was called the quote-unquote devil, why only caulkers can tell, who perhaps found it sometimes difficult for their tools. The phrase, however, means service expected and no one ready to perform it. Impatience and not to satisfy it. Dickity. Dickity? Dickity. I think you know what that means. That's ready to give up the dickity. Spelled D-I-C-K-A-D-E-E. Nope, that's not how I thought it would be spelled at all. It's just chickity, but with a dick. And it is indeed a northern name for the sandpiper. Okay, alright. I don't like that. Well, thank you. Then you're gonna love Dick Adilver. Please tell me it's not another cute bird. D-I-C-K-A-D-I-L-V-E-R. And it is a name for the periwinkle on our eastern coasts. Periwinkle? Dick Adilver. A periwinkle. A periwinkle. Okay. To diddle. Oh, that's that game where you, uh, when you see a car with one light out, slap this roof, you say to diddle. To diddle is to deceive. Oh. <laughs> he diddled me. <laughs> Difficulty. Wait, is that really like a word that they think needs to be defined? It is defined as a word unknown to true salts. Oh, they're just putting in like a little bit of a fucking, like a little bit of a jokey joke on there, huh? They're just having themselves a bit of fun, they are. They're just having a larf. Dimsel. 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 That's the unattractive cousin to Tinsel. It's a damsel who isn't very bright. <laughs> it's, wait, really? No, it's Aww. a piece of stagnant water larger than a pond and less than a lake. Oh. Dip. Uh, that's what I'm always calling myself when I make a mistake. The smallest candle formerly issued by the purser. Because it's just one dip of the wick. Oh, cute. But the verb to dip. When I dip, you dip, we dip. It means to quit the deck suddenly. Oh, hey, we still say that one. Yeah. Gotta dip. Diddy bag. Oh, I used to know this. I think it's just like a bag of your stuff. Ding, ding, ding. Got it in one. Derives its name from the Dittis or Manchester stuff of which it was once made. It is in use among seamen for holding their smaller necessaries. The ditty bag of old when a seaman prided himself on his rig as a result of his own ability to fit himself from clue to earring was a treasured article, probably worked an exquisite device by his lady love. Well can we recollect the pride exhibited in its display when on-end clothes was a joyful sound to the old pigtailed tar. No, I don't know what most of that meant. It was very passionately <laughs> delivered, however. Doctor. Well, that's the guy who does the stuff. To the body, gives you meds. Indeed, it is a name which seamen apply to every medical officer, but also a jocular name for the ship's cook. <laughs> like how they had to specify it's a jocular name so you wouldn't think we're making fun of them. Dog bitch thimble. I, wow, that no, that's too much already. I, uh, no. Dog bitch thimble? Well, it's obviously got something to do with a lady dog. It is, and this is the full definition, an excellent contrivance by which the topsail sheet block is prevented, making the half-cant or turn so frequently seen in the clue when the block is secured there. 
okay. You'll note that this description explains nothing. Yeah, that, that was just like nine more incomprehensible things. So I looked this up a little bit further, and it's basically a device that prevents certain ropes on a ship from getting knotted up. Oh. And I have a diagram of this that I will be posting on our Tumblr and in the Facebook group because I stared at it for a good 20 minutes and I still have no idea what's going on. Well, that's a good sign. I was really concerned by the name. (laughs) The name made me very worried. Well, you know, a lot of the names that come up here make me very worried, so I can't blame you. Dolphin. Well, I thought we already covered this. But this time it's spelled correctly. (laughs) That is a fish mammal. A mammal that is fish. Horrible little creatures and very noisy. Naturalists understand by this word numerous species of small cetaceous animals of the genus Delphinus, found in nearly all seas. They greatly resemble porpoises and are often called by this name by sailors, but they are distinguished by having a longer and more slender snout, which is a shockingly scientific definition of a dolphin for the 1860s. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That is what a dolphin be do. The definition continues to state, the word is also generally, but less correctly, applied to a fish, the Dorado, celebrated for the changing hues of its surface when dying. I'm sorry? (laughs) And in that one sentence, every piece of research I have done on 19th century whaling suddenly makes sense because every 19th century sailor who sat down and wrote a book said, one time I saw a dolphin die, it was rad as fuck because it turned a bunch of different colors. And then I spent eh, 10 years trying to look up, do dolphins change colors when they die? What the fuck? Surely someone at SeaWorld will have mentioned this at some point because really, what the fuck? And then here in the sailor's word book, I find that they're actually talking about a fish, the Dorado, which does in fact change colors when it dies. I was mostly remarking that it's very strange to include that in the section about dolphins. Because that fish is also called a dolphin. But then I forgot that fish is what is generally depicted in old sculptures that are called dolphins. It's usually the Dorado. A heraldic dolphin looks even less like a Dorado than it does a dolphin. Wait, I'm not talking about heraldic dolphins. What other dolphins are you seeing in sculpture? Dorados! I would like you to pretty please send me a picture of what you were thinking of right now. The heraldic dolphin is also based on a Dorado. That's why they've got stupid big fat forehead. Dorado has blunt face, no beak. Heraldic dolphin has beak and same rounded forehead as actual dolphin. Yeah, it's like based. It's not like an exact. It's not like a scientific recreation. Right. You just see a Dorado and you're like, that's a fucking dragon. No, D. It looks like an actual dolphin. It looks like a stupid drawing of a dolphin, but it looks like an actual dolphin because it has the beak and the big round forehead. Listen, I'm not interested in the <laughs> the, the, the basis of the heraldic dolphin. Then why did you bring it up? Because I know I'm not going to be able to provide the argument that's going to convince anybody, so it doesn't matter. So you specifically blot it up as an arguing point because it doesn't matter. <laughs> I can't prove that a mythical creature is based on something because it's a mythical creature that only sort of kind of resembles it. It's not mythical, it's a dolphin! Dolphins are real! A heraldic dolphin is a mythical creature! They're not real, nothing looks like that. It's what you get 
when you describe a dolphin to someone who's never seen a dolphin before but by God is going to draw one. You say this fish had a huge forehead and a beak and that comes out. No, that just means heraldic dolphins come out like every fish any sailor's ever seen. That's why there's so much variation in them because they're fake and they're not real. Have you found the statue you're thinking of yet? Yeah, it was a Roman one. It is frequently said to be based on the Dorado. No. Or suggested. I'm not the first person to say this. But people who have also never seen dolphins? Does that look like a dolphin's tail to you on the end of that fish? No, it looks like a fish tail. No, because it was drawn by someone who only knew of one kind of fish and didn't realize that dolphins weren't actually fish. And when it was painted in the ridiculous colors of the Dorado, like, I mean, like you've seen a lion that's been drawn by someone who's had a lion described to them. So like, yeah, it doesn't look like a lion. Hence why a lot of heraldic dolphins look like an extremely strange mashup of like, eight different impressive fish. But mostly like dolphins. Because you've got eight different sailors saying a bunch of different things. But mostly they look like dolphins. Again, I am not the only person with this theory. And I didn't get it out of thin air. I read about this. Then you're not the only person who is wrong. You have so many other wrong people behind you. You're gonna tell me that sailors looked at the Dorado, a fish that is frequently the size of a goddamn bus and that is shimmering gold alive and changes color rapidly when it dies. And they're gonna say, that doesn't inspire my imagination at all. This is definitely just a regular <laughs> dolphin. <laughs> yeah, I would say historically people were pretty impressed by the presentation of the Dorado. <laughs> Well, when you put it like that. And yes, I do think it probably worked its way in historical depictions of big scary fish that no one understood. I am saying that these fish and this mammal have been confused for each other for a while. But the creature that heraldic dolphins most resemble is the actual dolphin. Yes, that's why they're gold. <laughs> you know, the color of a dolphin. Yeah. And not at all the fish named the color gold. Duded. He's a dude. He's a dude. We're all dudes. <laughs> That's when you watch Good Burger. You get duded. It is spelled D-O-O-T-E-D. <laughs> oh, that's when you get too high. You're straight duded. It is timber rendered unsound by fishers. How do they do that? If there are cracks running through a piece of timber, it's unsound. But the fish did that? Fishers is spelled F-I-S-S-U-R-E-S. -S -S -E oh, we're talking about sailors. You can't blame me for misunderstanding that one. <laughs> You know what? In retrospect, yeah, that was an easy mistake to make in an audio-only format. To double bank a rope. Is that just when you wind the rope twice? To clap men on both sides. <laughs> yeah! Hell yeah, now I'm interested in this party. Double Dutch coiled against the sun. It's unfair when they include these, like, whole sentences like it's a Panic at the Disco song. Fuck, you're right, that does sound like a Panic at the Disco song. Doesn't it? <laughs> It is gibberish or any unintelligible or difficult language. Oh, we decided to represent difficult language by making difficult language. Very smart. <laughs> Double tide. Well, that's the only way to ensure safety when engaging in kinbaku. What? It's Japanese rope bondage. I thought that was shibari. I think they're both. There's a difference to people who are smarter than me. Oh... Well, working double tides is doing extra duty. Oh. Tide goes in, you're working. Tide goes out, you're still working. Okay. To douse his glim. That sounds very sexual. To knock a man down. Oh. Dragging on her. That also sounds pretty horny. It's when you're sipping on that true tea, hunty. Oh, shit. Gag. But in nautical terms, it is said of a vessel rounding a point when she is obliged to carry more canvas to a fresh wind than she otherwise would. 
dredgy. Oh, uh, that's when it's all gross and yucky, like you keep picking it up and taking it out. Dredged it too many times. A dredgy is the ghost of a drowned person, because they've been dredged up. Oh, that's very spooky. I like that. Drowning the miller. Well, that's when you really don't like the miller no more. It is adding too much water to wine or spirits from the term when too much water has been put into a bowl of flour. Oh, okay. I don't know how many situations you're getting into where you have a bowl of flour and you add too much water to it that you need a special phrase for it, but here we are. Well, usually when I'm adding water to my flour, I'm making a dough. So, you know, like I can just fix it by putting in more flour and I don't yeah. really feel the need to have my own word for it. <laughs> Dry flogging. Oh boy, this is the horniest one yet. Indeed, because it is punishing over the clothes of a culprit. Uh, oh, 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 oh boy, I don't like it. No, I don't. <laughs> Jemmy ducks. Well, that should be under G first off. Well, it starts with a J, and it's under D because it is surname ducks, first name Jemmy for Jemmy ducks. Oh, that gives away some because it's so it's like a guy. But which guy, D? Well, he was, it's so, if you've ever seen Princess Tutu. Go on. <laughs> he is a duck <laughs> with the magic power to become a man to rescue the, the handsome prince. No. Oh. Jemmy ducks is what they call the keeper of the poultry on board ship. Oh. So if your job is to mind the birds, the entire crew is calling you Jemmy ducks for the duration of the voyage. Sounds about right. I feel like that's exactly what people would say to me. I bet that never gets old. Like, we should just start calling our friend with the chickens Jemmy ducks. I mean, I am tempted. Dutchman's breeches. Well, those are the pants that you find in a man who is Dutch. The patch of blue sky often seen when a gale is breaking is said to be, however small, enough to make a pair of breeches for a Dutchman. Others assign this habiliment to a Welshman, but give no authority for the assumption. Okay. Just another slight against the Welsh, I see. And with that, we conclude the D. So I hope you wanted the D. It's been delivered. Unto you we deliver the D. <laughs> Sounds like what the angels said to the shepherds. <laughs> Unto you, the D is delivered. That's what I'm saying next time I roll up to the club. Unto you, I deliver the D. If you would like to suggest an episode topic or just say hello, you can email us directly at antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. You can post in our Facebook group, antiquesfreaksfriends. You can tag us on Tumblr, antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com. Or you can message us on Instagram at instagram.com slash antiquesfreaks. If you liked these fun D words, feel free to scroll on down to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a review. You can just have some of your favorite D words. Please don't write dick. <laughs> That one's taken. We have a lovely review from Medium Yeet, titled Favourit Podcast. Favour? I adore this podcast. Dee and Ken play off each other well and have their own unique perspectives and personalities. I also love the guests they have on the show and think Dee and Ken do an awesome job of making lighthearted jokes and not taking any particular topic too seriously while still being very knowledgeable and informative on each topic. Aww. Contrary to another reviewer, I do not think the creators swear every two seconds, nor do I think their swearing in any way detracts from the show itself. Maybe two or three curses an episode keeps things lively, relaxed, and relatable in my opinion. I thank the creators so much for all of their hard work, researching and editing these episodes, and of course, for their entertaining words. Aw, thank you for being the first person to say we don't swear too much. I feel like we've disproved their point with all of the dicks in this episode, but we'll do better <laughs> next time. <laughs> that wasn't our fault! That was Sailor's fault. All of them. It's the Sailor's fault we swear like sailors. Exactly. They got in, uh, the, we, they got dredged up. Oh, now we're dredgies. We're dredgies. And hey, do you need some unique, antique, and vintage goods, or perhaps some t-shirts and stickers with a podcast logo on them? Then check out our Etsy shop at etsy.com slash shop slash antiquesfreaks. 
Or if you need more Antiques Freaks in your week, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, where every week we are reading and reviewing a chapter of the Victorian Penny Dreadful, Varney the Vampire, or the Feast of Blood, as alluded to at the start of this episode. Special shout out to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right, you. Au revoir. Goodbye.